Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. What is the third heaven? If paradise is the same thing as third heaven, where is third heaven located? Amen? And these are very serious questions that we need to look into. Every inquiring mind, we need to sit down and look at this context. What is Paul saying? Heaven. Our common understanding is third heaven is up in the sky. Amen? And in fact, we often say third heaven is where God is. <laughs> and so we need to inquire if you truly study in and you want to follow the scriptures and grow as you ought to be as a child of God you should be able to find out what is the third heaven that is equal to paradise is paradise up in the sky that's the question praise God are we together right so we want to walk into this and not just assuming there's no room for assumption we need to get reality of what God is saying, we need to say the fact of what Paul is declaring to the church here. Some will say, Brother David, these things are not necessary, and that what my Lord is just salvation. Well, if you think so, praise God. But I must assure you, you can't be talking about salvation without knowing what salvation really is. It is the man that is saved that have this experience. What is salvation? Hallelujah. You can't be a self person and be a dolent in the things that God has made available. You can't be saved without knowing what God has in mind for his church. You can't be saved and not knowing what exactly where you are going to, or how you're going to end up in the journey of salvation. It's not enough to be saved. You've got to be saved and know exactly what and where you are ending up. The disciple of Jesus came to him and said, We have left everything and we are following you. What shall be our reward? That's an intelligent question. You don't engage in anything that you don't know the outcome. It makes no sense. That's why a lot of Christians, sorry to say, they are zombies. What I mean is, they have no understanding, no spiritual intelligence as to why they are saved and why they are in church. Amen? All right. So, we can say certainly, these are not, you know, by estimation, we're talking about, we want to see the reality of what Paul was talking about. Should we then ignore such mind if people come to ask you, for instance, you are a minister, you are in the church, and say, sister, what exactly is toward heaven? And say, oh no, those are not necessary. What matters is salvation. What have you done? Absolutely nothing. If you don't know, say at that moment, I don't know. Give me time to inquire. I don't forget that. Right. Give me time to inquire. Give me time to study it out. Let me see what happens. But not to say you know, it's unnecessary. Why is it unnecessary? This man wants to know something. Jesus was asking questions in the temple. Right? But men are asking questions they want to know. But men are asking questions they want to grow. In fact, if you're running a, running a ministry and people don't ask questions, then you're not doing the job. Because your mind it's not working. If their mind is functioning, they can come across issues that they need to ask questions about. Praise God. 
Are we here? Okay. So, we can send such people away just like that. And they say, well, it doesn't matter. Praise God. All right. Uh, let's look at the book of First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. First Peter 3, 15. It's about sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Amen. Give an answer. That's what he says. And it's important. Praise God. So you can't be ministering to people and they ask questions you don't have an answer to give. If you don't have an answer, fine. Just tell them I don't have an answer for this now. You know, about three days ago somebody called me from Agbo. Say, Pastor David, I have an issue. I said, what is that? Say, but I know you'll be able to help me out. In John 15, Jesus talked about him being the branch and the vine. And that he that not remain in the vine will be cut down and men will use that branch for firewood. And what is shocking him is men using the individual and not God. Right? So the fire will be cast into fire. Why will men? It's very simple. You lose your faith in terms of not working in the faith and associating with men and not having the life of God. They abuse you. They look down and abuse the grace that is in your life. Men can make fun of you. They can abuse you. Is that okay? Because you lose your connection with Christ. You lose your reality. You don't have a grip of what you believe in and who you are. Men can abuse you. Praise God. Okay. So the only thing that will make us answer this question is simply when we do not have an answer to give. If we don't have an answer to give, quite simple. We don't have an answer. When the guy called me and told him, hold on, I'm doing a, a walk. I was walking on the road. on the valley. So I will give you an answer when I come back. So as I was walking, I was meditating. When I came back, I called him on the phone and we started chatting. And he said, exactly what you told me is one other pastor told me. Hallelujah. Okay. Oh, praise God. So like I said, in Matthew 19, you find that disciples of Jesus came to him and he said, what shall be our reward for following you? And he gave them an answer. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, in answering this question about 2 Corinthians, we're going to look at it very critically. Again, verse 1, 2 Corinthians 12, say, it's expedient for me that less the glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. And then, verse number 3 and 4 is the key thing. I know a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, whether out of the body, I cannot tell, God know it. Such a man caught up to the third heaven. Verse 3 now said, and I know such a one, whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell, God know it. How that was caught up into what? Into paradise. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, the passage here we're reading, <clears throat> seems to give direction to the question or to give an answer to the question. The direction be propagated here is third heaven is the same thing as what? Paradise. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now look, at, look with me in the book of Luke chapter 23 verse 43. <clears throat> 
Luke 23 verse 43. And Jesus said unto him, that's to the thief on the cross, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Amen. So you'll find that Jesus went for that to promise overcomer. The tree of life was in the midst of paradise. If you look at that, then look at Revelation 2 verse 7. Revelation 2 verse 7. Let's just do it together. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the church or churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is the midst of where? The paradise of God. Jesus promised the thief. And something is wrong or we, we kind of misinterpret that scripture. And some people also begin to think paradise is part of hell. Why did they say that? They said because Jesus went to hell when he died. So there's a, a section of paradise in hell. There's another section, you know. <laughs> Praise God. You know, but what you are promising the man, I will explain it. I will go down. He wasn't talking about going to a particular location. He was just simply saying, today you are united with the body of Christ. By reason of your confession, you are saved. That's all. <laughs> are you done with me? Paradise, as we are going to see much, much later, has to do with the church. Has to do with the glorified church. Amen. And Jesus was saying to the thief, today you are part of this church that's coming into place. That's all. He wasn't saying you are going to follow me somewhere. No. You are saved by reason of your confession. And because you are saved, you are united now to the body. To the crowd of witnesses. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? And so, that's why he discovered that where is the midst of paradise? Where was he? He was in the midst of paradise. He was in the midst of the church. As you can find in Revelation 2.7. And he said, if you overcome, you partake of the tree of life. Where is the tree of life? Tree of life is Jesus Christ himself. Is that okay? The tree of life is Jesus. <laughs> if you overcome, you're going to partake of my life. Which was the tree that Adam and Eve did not eat in the garden. But the tree was there. The ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord sent them away so that they don't eat of the tree of life. Why? Because eating of the tree of life means you live forever. And so God had to send them away so that they don't continue in that condition of a fallen state. If they have to particle the tree of life, they will remain like that as fallen people. No change. No, I mean, you understand that? Good. So he said, for our own good, he sent them out from the garden so that they don't eat of the tree of life so the tree of life is in the midst of the garden and the tree of life is Jesus Christ himself amen symbolically that's what I represent so he's saying if you overcome you're going to partake of the tree of life you have more of me praise God hallelujah okay so we shall find time to look at that passage again in the book of Luke like I said um, but from all indication here paradise is what the third heaven and the third heaven equal the world paradise. The same thing. Is that okay? It's interesting for you to know that. That when you talk about paradise, you're talking about third heaven. You're talking about third heaven, you're talking about paradise. 
Remember, heaven is a place where God lives. Don't forget that. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Let's look at, begin to look a little bit of this issue of heaven before I give a certain definition. Uh, let's look at something here. Matthew 5 verse 18. Matthew 5 verse 18. Matthew 24 verse 3. 5 verse 18. Verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot of title shall in no way pass from the law till all be fulfilled. I want you to get this. If heaven is what we think heaven is, what did Jesus say here? Heaven and earth will pass away until that is done, everything about the Lord have fulfilled. I want you to think about it a little bit. Go to verse 20, I mean, Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my world shall not pass away. Which heaven is this? <laughs> so first thing you got to understand is the word heaven is used in several uh, descriptive purposes. You need to understand it in the first place. Now, what Jesus is saying here is this. As far as the Israelites were concerned, the temple was heaven on earth. They believe and they see the temple, the building. Why? Because God was dwelling, supposed to be dwelling in the most holy place. Because the Herod temple, I'm not sure, Ichabod, God has departed. But though they were still worshiping there, in the most holy place you have the ark. That's where God said he was going to come to visit and stay with the people. Remember that. Good. So heaven and earth, when you say heaven and earth shall pass away, describing the whole of the temple. And this thing happened in AD 70. When he said no jot of the law shall go unfulfilled except heaven and earth pass away. So heaven and earth passed away when the temple was destroyed. But before then, even when Pentecost has come, the Jews were still worshiping in the temple. That's why I discovered that Peter, in Matthew chapter, I mean, Acts chapter 3, was going to the temple and healed the man up by the beautiful gate. They were still worshiping in the temple. For 40 years after Jesus had gone and the Holy Ghost has come and he has prophesied about the destruction of the temple, 40 years it was still standing, men were still going there to worship. So you find that Pentecost was side by side with the law. Are you getting this? All right. But in AD 70, when the Romans came to Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple. The heaven and earth passed away. The law was gone. By implication, except heaven and earth passed away, the reality will not do what? Will not come. So heaven and earth passed away in contest when the temple was destroyed in AD 70 by the Romans. Are you following this? Praise God. Okay, I'll show you a scripture on that. Give me the book of Lamentation chapter 2. Look at 1 and 2. Lamentation, I mean, Lamentation chapter 2 verse 1 and 2. Book of Lamentation. All right. How has the Lord covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud in his anger? 
and cast down from heaven into the earth the beauty of Israel and remember not his footstool in the day of his anger. This is when the Babylonians destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. And it's called a casting from heaven. By implication, the temple was heaven or in heaven. I'm going to give you another illustration there so they can see precisely um, what that means. Let me see. Praise the Lord. This heaven had passed away when the Romans came, meaning the Old Testament ended. That's just what it means. Once heaven had passed away, in, the, in this language here, it means the Old Testament has ended. And so when you look at Revelation 20 verse 1, you're going to see something there. Revelation 20 verse number 1. Praise God. Did you see that? He said, And I saw an angel came down from heaven. Now that's not what I'm looking for. Revelation 21, I'm sorry. Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Can you get that? So what he's saying is, now for you to grasp the next time, you're going to read the whole of Revelation 20. That's where you talk about the lake of fire, all of those things, and so on and so forth. Amen? Right. So by the time you understand Revelation 20, and then you come to Revelation 21, we have a different people. What he's saying here is, the Old Testament is gone, the New Testament has come into place. No more see, no more people who are walking in the light of the Old Testament or, as the case may be, who are still in Adam. Praise the Lord. Are you following? Okay. As we move down, I'll be able to show you. Again, let's look at the word simply from simple definition. The word heaven in the Hebrew is shamayim. Shomaim, and it means to be lofty. The sky, air, and in the Greek it means oranos. Oranos means through the idea of elevation, something that is high. It means kind by extension, heaven, as the abode of God by implication, happiness, power, eternity, as especially the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is Christianity. That word Oranos means Christianity. So, Christianity equals heaven. This is difficult for you to grasp. That is why in Philippians 3, we get there, verse 21. Just give me Philippians 3, verse 21. I'm giving you a simple definition of the word heaven as Oranos. It means gospel, which is Christianity. It means air, means heavenly. Verse 21. Okay, give me verse 20. Look at it. For our conversation is where? In heaven. The word conversation means our attitude, our conduct, our walk, our lifestyle is in heaven. Did you get this? 
Take another translation. Maybe amplify. But we're children of the state. Look at that. Come out with homeland, which is where? In heaven. We are. Not that we shall be. Are you getting this? So, look at that. But we are children of the states. Oh, glory. Come and wait. The homeland, which is in heaven. Not that we shall go there. No, we are in. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. This is hard, but I'm going to punch you with some of this stuff so that your brain will open. Amen. <laughs> Glory. And he said, but we are citizens. Now you have to understand something. If you are a citizen, you have birth certificates. In this country, if a child is born in the hospital, they provide certificate, birth certificate, isn't it? Which helps in terms of demographic calculation. I mean, how many young people, how many old people, what's the population, all of that. You have death certificate. You have birth certificate, you also have death certificate. So, the day you were born again, you have a birth certificate. And that makes you a citizen. Hallelujah. Are you following me? So you are a citizen of where? Of heaven. He said you are a citizen of heaven. Know that you are going to go to heaven. You already have your citizenship the day you were born again. But we are citizens of the state, the commonwealth, and the homeland, which is in heaven. Oh no. And he said, and from it also we are earnestly and patiently awaiting the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as what? Savior. Oh, listen to this. You're waiting for Jesus to come? How is he going to come? Remember, we are citizens of heaven, the homeland of the commonwealth. In the midst of that is where Jesus is coming from. Mm, this is hard for you. Is that, are you getting what I'm saying? He is with us in this common weight of heaven. That is why in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, chapter 3, it talks about he was standing in the midst of here. The candlestick, which is the seven churches. He is in the midst of the church. It is in the midst of the church that is going to transform your body. Why? He lives on your body. Look at the next verse. Verse 21. Who will... We are looking for glory. Who will transform and function our new body of our humiliation to conform to and be like the body of his glory and majesty by exalting that same power which enables him even to subject everything what, to himself. Where is he? Christ in you what? The hope of glory. So we are not looking for him from the sky to change your body. It is within the system of this common weight of, of, of God that we are, where he lives in, resident within us, that is going to do what? Change our body. That's why the word heaven also means Christianity. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you say something is lofty, you are saying it's elevated. 
speaks of that which is of great height, value, distinguishable, consciously superior, grandeur of dignity, thoughts, aims, feelings, a language. We are saying we have another language, we have another culture, though we are in this world, we are not of this world. Hallelujah. It is within this system of life that we're in that we're going to exert that power within him to transform what? Our body. To be fashioned like his glorious body. What glorious body? When he resurrected from the grave. Did you see that? Praise the Lord. Are we here? Somebody said, but pastor, so when is that going to happen? I don't know. Otherwise, listen. That is where salvation is taking you to. Can I give you an example again? Romans chapter 8. Let's look at the book of Romans chapter 8. Just look at from verse 20, 22. Let me see. Praise God. Okay. For we know that the whole creation groan it and travel it in pain until now. 23. And not only they but we ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit. What's the first fruit? The Holy Spirit. We have the first fruit of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for what? The adoption to win the redemption of our bodies. Did you see that? We are groaning. So every day you feel. When you're sick, it is, it is crazy when you're sick. You feel bad about it. We are waiting for a transformation of our body. That is where salvation is taking you to. So, you see, you were first saved, and that is salvation, that is Passover. If you look at that from the book of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, you got salvation is your Passover. The book of first fruit is Pentecost. The work of tabernacle is the glorification of your mortal body. Now, as a believer, you've gotten the first stage, which is salvation. You've gotten the second stage, which is what? Pentecost. But the third stage, you have not received. And so we're waiting for that to happen. Just like they waited in the upper room. Oh, glory. For that to happen, they have to wait. How I many of you remember that? Jesus asked them to wait and waited and on the very day of Pentecost, a new change came. Fire landed upon your heads. Praise God. So there's a waiting period that we don't know. It's not spared out. But we know for sure, out of this body, transformation is going to take place. So Philippians 3, 2021, is just talking of Jesus residing within you. Why? Because heaven that we are in is called Christianity. In quotes. The body of Christ. And it's with us. It's not outside of his body. It's not coming from outside to do the transformation. No. It's right within you. That's where the transformation is going to take place. Hallelujah. Amen. So from that we can see that the Christian life is a heavenly life. For through the death, resurrection and release of the Christ spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, the true born again believer have been translated, raised, elevated into a new dimension of God's kingdom. Colossians 3 will tell you that. I mean Colossians 1.13. Be translated from the power of darkness into where? The kingdom of his dear son. In other words, 
we have forsaken or moved out from the realm of Adamic life into a new season, new citizenship. Praise the living God. The translation is spiritual elevation from the baseness of this world into a new dimension of righteousness, of joy, of peace in the Holy Spirit. We move from the realm of sorrow that comes from the world, the pains that come from the world. We are now in a new dimension called the kingdom of God as citizens of heaven. And what pertains to us is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Are you done with me? Praise God. Amen. Now we find out this is revealed in the word of the Lord to the children of Israel when he talked to them about elevation and the place of honor that we will come into. Can we look at Deuteronomy 26 verse number 19? Deuteronomy 26 verse number 19. Am I too fast? Nobody answered me, so I can continue. All right. This is the promise. To make thee high above all nations which he has made in praise and in name and in honor that thou mayest be an holy people unto the Lord thy God as he has spoken. So you see, when, when they moved Israel from Egypt, they were elevated into a higher dimension of honor, of glory, of praise with a different name. Come on, are you following this? Right. And that's why First Peter 2 verse 19 says you are what? A royal priesthood. A holy nation. You are a nation within a nation. The church is a nation within a nation. Are you getting this? And we are citizens of that nation. Which is a heavenly nation. So Israel was elevated. Raised up to a higher dimension of glory. Because God picked them up. Amen. And the fact that Israel will be made high doesn't mean they are going to be lifted from the earth. No. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's look at a few things again. We're trying to give simple definition to these things. Exodus 32 verse 13. Exodus 32 verse 13. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servant, to whom thou swearest by thy own self. I want you to take note of that. And said unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and I will leave thee. Hallelujah. And all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it. Now, the A part is what I want you to note. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Jacob, thy servant, to whom thou swearest with what? Thy own self. God swore by himself. I want you to understand it. Now, come with me. Look at Deuteronomy 32, verse 40. Hmm. For I lifted up my hand to heaven and said, I'll live forever. He's swearing now. You know what you do in those days? Some of you don't do it when we're young, when we're small. You want to tell somebody the truth, that you are saying the truth. You take your finger to touch the floor, put it in your tongue, and point to heaven. How many of you understand that? 
Now, when you do that, you are proving that what you said is the truth. Now, what you've done is God is higher than any other thing. So you just sworn by God by that simple act. That's what you did. So here the Bible is saying in Exodus, God swore by himself. In Deuteronomy, he said, I lifted up my hand to heaven. I say, I live forever. Where is God when he was lifting up his hand to heaven? This is God talking. <laughs> Are you following what I'm talking about? Come on, is anybody here with me? Right. In Exodus 32, he said, I swore by myself. In Deuteronomy, he said, I lifted up my hand to where? To heaven. So where was God? God is in heaven, and yet he said he lifted his hand to heaven. Where was he? Because when you're pointing to something higher, you want to swear, you swear by something higher than yourself. Are you with me? Right. So in Deuteronomy, I mean, Exodus, he swore by himself. In Deuteronomy, the Bible is telling us he lifted up his hand to heaven. Okay. I'll give you another scripture. Maybe that will help you out. Praise the Lord. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews 6, 13 and 16. But don't miss this scripture. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by what? Himself. Oh, glory. <laughs> Are you seeing that? Look at verse 16. For men verily swear by the greater. That's the point. And an oath for confirmation is to them as an end of all strife. Men swear by that which is greater. Can you get that? So, God swore by that which is greater. In, in Deuteronomy, he swore by heaven, which is greater. Now, in Hebrew, he's saying that he swore by what? Himself, because there was nothing greater than himself. So, who is God? God is heaven. Heaven is God. <laughs> Are you seeing it? No, just follow it. It's so simple. I lifted up my hand to heaven and I swore. And then we come to verse 13 here and he said, because there was no greater than himself, he swore by himself. So if he swore by heaven and he swore by himself, who is God? God is heaven. Heaven is God. <laughs> that tells you heaven is not a location. Don't be mad if I say heaven is God. Because that's what the scripture says. Truth is, God cannot stay anywhere outside heaven. Heaven and God are synonymous. You want to find God, you find him in heaven. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Okay. I used to love this scripture. He swore by himself. Amen. Now if God swore by himself and his spirit... That means heavenly spirit. Because John 4, 24 tells us that. God is spirit. So heaven is a spiritual reality. It's not a location. Because God is spirit. He swore by himself. When he swore by heaven, he swore by himself. Because there was nothing greater than heaven or than God. He had to swear by himself. And in so doing, we can understand that heaven is God and God is heaven. Now we understand again in John chapter 4 verse 24, God is spirit. So if God is spirit, what is heaven? Heaven is spirit. That is why you can be in heaven without dying. 
I know this is hard, but we're going to take it in. Give me John 3 verse 13. Hallelujah. Look at it. Jesus is making a statement and he said, I know my has ascended to heaven, but the father that came down, I mean, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is where? In heaven. Oh no. You got to understand something here. He is the son of man and he's in heaven. You know what that means? <laughs> Remember, the Bible tells us in John chapter 5, all judgment have been committed into the hand of Jesus because he's the son of man. What it means is he has the experience of a human being. Remember I told you, he has his human nature from Mary, but his life was from who? From God. So it was both God and man. Now in his manly condition, he's referred to as the son of man. God doesn't judge you, son of man judges you. I mean son of man will judge you. I explained that to you before. Remember that? Why? Because he had tasted everything that you are tasting. God can't judge you because God is so, let me use the word, so holy, so clean, so pure. And he has not tasted your condition. If he had to judge you, it would be an unrighteous judgment because you have not passed through what you are passing through. So for him to judge you in Christ, Christ had to be a human being to pass through what you are passing through. So no temptation that is taking you by such that is common to man. First Corinthians 10. Are you there with me? No temptation. And so Jesus was tempted as well. So now he can judge you because he had passed through the kind of temptation that you were supposed to pass through which God in his holiness have not tasted. Are you seeing that? That's why it's called the son of man. Now in that condition that he was on the earth as the son of man, he said he was in heaven. And did he say it? He said it. If you say what I'm saying is not correct, then what he said is not correct. Go ask Jesus why he said what he said. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I'll find time to explain this fully to you. When he said, no man has sent it up to heaven, because the question is, what about Moses? What about Elijah? What about Enoch? Are you getting that? Good. But he's saying this, I came from heaven. Nobody's there. <laughs> Who are you going to believe? Whose report will you believe? You're going to believe the report of Jesus. He said, listen. No man has ascended. That's what he said. No man has. <laughs> ascended up to heaven by the son of man who came down from heaven and he is in heaven. What I mean to say is this. As long as the tabernacle was still standing in the days of Moses, in the days of all of those people, nobody has access to the most holy place where God was living in. I'll explain that fully in some other time. Praise God. Are you still there? Now, look at Acts 17, verse 28. Our time is almost gone for today. We're just giving definition before we break into all that we just call heaven. Third heaven. Look at this. For in him we live and move and have our being. A certain also of your poet have said, for we are of what his offspring. What is that? For in him we live. In who? In God. Where is God? In heaven. And you are in God. 
<laughs> Where are you supposed to be? Come on now. <laughs> are you with me? How can you say you are in an aeroplane that flew to, to the US or Nigeria and you are not there? How did the aeroplane get there without you? If you are in the aeroplane, you bought your ticket, you bought with the aeroplane, it takes you to the US or wherever, as the plane is landing, you are on the same land with where? With the plane. We are in him. Give me four Thessalonians. Let me show you something. It's what people don't understand. Four Thessalonians chapter one. Let me see if that's what I'm looking for. Verse one. Amen. Um, okay. Go to Second Thessalonians chapter one. Let me see. And verse one. There's something I want to pick there. Second Thessalonians. I'll try that. Let me see. There's something I want to pick. Hallelujah. Look at this. Paul and Silas and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So where was the church? In God. Oh glory. In God. Are you getting what I'm saying? The church is in God. That's what he said here. So if the church is in God and God is in heaven, where are you? You know, we got the painting of heaven. I was going to go down to see. If it's paradise, I remember one guy sometime in South Africa. He said, hey, when you get to heaven, that God has taken me up to heaven more than two times. He said, even the grass in heaven, they speak to you. And the whole street is made of gold. Oh, what a little level of vision. It is what you have always believed that you saw. Not Bible. Street of gold. How many of you remember that your faith is much more precious than gold that perishes? How can God use the perishable thing to decorate eternal reality? Low way of thinking. Because what you have been told, what you have been made to believe, that heaven is made of gold. The street is made of gold. I don't know the kind of car the guy wants to be driving there. <laughs> Praise God. Are we still here? I know this is going to be hard for you, but you're going to pick something because I'm speaking to your spirit. Your spirit is going to receive this understanding and to cause you to walk in the reality of your faith as a believer. You are born into the commonwealth of Israel. I mean, of this household of faith, which has to do with heaven. The day you were born again, you were admitted into heaven. You don't have to die to get into heaven. You only need to be born again to enter into heaven. And then you have your citizenship, and you have the certificate of birth, which is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now let me show you something that will shock you. Okay. Matthew 11, verse 23. <laughs> is anybody following me? Yeah, I need you to be, be on track. Yeah, I'm exposing your mind I'm going to cause your mind to expound, your thinking to expound, your understanding of scripture to be enlarged so that when you read your Bible, you read with a different mindset, knowing who you are. Glory to God. Okay. And thou, companion, listen to this, which are exalted unto heaven shall be brought down to hell. 
For if the mighty works which have been done in thee have been done in Sodom, it will remain until this day. Dark companion which have been exalted to where? To heaven. Think about that. Campania was in Palestine. And the scripture say he was lifted to heaven. When did he get to heaven? If the mighty works that were done in thee. Meaning, because Jesus manifested a lot of miracles in that place, that city was exalted to heaven. The presence of heaven came there. That's all. Did you follow that? Heaven was brought to Capernaum. By reason of Jesus' presence and the miracle, the signs and wonder was performing. But because of their unbelief, he said, you shall be brought down from heaven. Meaning, you lose the grace, the protection and everything. Praise the living God. That is the Bible, man. It's all the scripture. It's so plain. When was Capernaum exalted to heaven? The way we think. It's like the whole city was taken up to heaven and then it was brought down. You see that? You tell somebody, where is heaven? Heaven is up. You forgot that the earth is spherical. It's not flat. So when you point it up here to heaven, somebody in the Tundra region will be pointing down. Because the direction is different. I don't know if you're getting this. Simple geography. You say heaven is up, somebody else is saying heaven is down. It's always correct. All of you are not correct. Because heaven is wherever God is. Hallelujah. Come on. Are you following me? Somebody said, David, this thing you are saying, what happened when you died? That's a different story. How many of you remember when we had a, a study here, we talked about the glory of the other side. Hallelujah. Yeah. When you drop the flesh, there's a glory you come into. You move into the spirit dimension, not a location. You're not going to anything called mansion. There's nothing like a mansion. Mansion means rooms. And you are one of the mansions of God. Amen. God lives in you. Hallelujah. When he says many mansions, many people, many dwelling places, many temples, I am going to come and have resident to you by the Holy Spirit. That's what he promised them. He wasn't talking about, oh, come up to stairs and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Cheap way of looking at the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So here we see Capernaum, because of the presence of Christ and the miracles that were performed there, was lifted to heaven. Elevation. Do you see that? Promotion. Exhortation. Came into the city. Praise God. And so because they would not believe and stay with the word of God, the hardness of their heart, what happened? Jesus said, you're going to be brought down to hell. You know the word? Their conditions have been worse off as compared to when he was there. Praise the Lord. So when you come in contact with Christ and the power of the glory of the Spirit of God, He takes you from the earthly realm to heavenly realm. You stay with Him. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? That is why if you're hearing what you're hearing, you don't have any room to lose the things I'm saying because He'll be taking you higher into a dimension that you experience the glory and the power of God. You lose that when you start listening to fables, to stories that have no meaning in the Scripture. Hallelujah. Are you still here with me? So God wants us to move in into a new dimension. And I believe you and I trust that by the time we finish with this study, your life will never remain the same. 
you're going to move into a new dimension of life and glory, a new dimension of understanding. The Spirit will come to you heavily. You see things the way you're supposed to see them because Paul moved to the third heaven by way of vision of what? Revelation. And that's available to everyone that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And that is where we're going into. We're talking about moving into a dimension of glory and light that nobody has experienced before. In your own lifetime, a change will come. Your spiritual walk will be more dynamic than the way it is now. Hallelujah. New things will begin to unfold to you. As you look at the word of God, you know you are reading from the perspective of being in a heavenly state, not an earthly dimension. And greater light will come to be coming to you. You float in the realm of spirit. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Praise God. Come on. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.